Life from the Well is sponsored by Scratch Distillery. Located in Edmonds, Washington, Scratch Distillery crafts delicious spirits from scratch. Every batch is made by hand from local non-GMO organic grains. Head on over to Edmonds and taste the natural, delicious flavors for yourself. If you have an itch for a cocktail, go scratch it. Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. Enjoy the show. This episode from Life from the Well is served handcrafted by Barfly Mixology Gear, a line of essential tools for mixologists. Life from the Well. And joining us today, we have Joe Mingo. He was a cook in the Navy and then did some cooking when he got out of the Navy. And I already like this guy because he's got probably the best first name in the world. Uh, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to having you on. Thanks. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I feel like we're on the talk show here. Tonight's show. Tonight's show. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. <laughs> You got the gray screen behind you instead of the green screen. Yeah. That's so like the curtains. Yeah. 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 It's all very, uh, it's from all very home, late. From night. home edition. From home That's edition. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with my shot here. I know that you're. Uh, yeah, I can't so. drink, so. No, it's. I, I wish I, I could. That. And if we were in person, I probably wouldn't be drinking, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a home. And, uh, and I have this little glass of Fernet next to me, so I'll, I'll have a little bit, and then we'll stick to the 420. I'll take a hit while you take a shot. All right. All right cheers. Wait, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was putting my glass farther over to the left because that's where the window is, but it, it leaves my window when I get to that. It doesn't come in. It's gone. It's <laughs> ridiculous. All right. Salute. Um. Cool. So we did our shot. Let's get right into um, you and your experience. This is our, uh, our the guest intro part. Let's tell people who you are and kind of and, and what uh, and what you do. Well, right now I do nothing. I'm retired. Nice. Um, Cheers. I used to be. I've cooked everywhere. I mean, since I was uh, in high school, actually. Mm-hmm. What yeah, was the, Went to. What was the um, first cooking job you got? working in my uncle's restaurant he was a certified chef nice and i kind of learned under him for a little while then after him i actually at one time i went up to mcdonald's because my hometown is really small back in new york it's like three thousand people that's it and um i went up there at mcdonald's and uh i've put in my my resume to just get a job you know they wouldn't hire me because they said I was overqualified <laughs> because I knew I've worked in a restaurant before. Uh-huh. <laughs> they want to be able to teach yeah, you their own. They want to, they want to brainwash me with the McDonald's, you know, Yeah. they don't want someone coming in knowing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, they don't want to lose their job to me. You know, that's the right. whole thing. You probably yeah. knew more than the manager there. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Mm. But actually the sad thing about it, it was like all the people from, from my school. That yeah. worked there, you know, and it was like kind of funny. And I just walked away after that. And my friend and I were sitting around one day and we just said, you know what? We got no life in here. You know, we were 21 and 
more work and, and we joined the Navy. He went his way and I went my way. We ran into each other a few times and mm -hmm. got that done and met up with him in San Diego right after boot camp because that's where my A that's where my school was in San Diego. He did the Mediterranean. I did the the West. I did all Asia mm -hmm. up into the Persian Gulf. We were actually in the Persian Gulf at the beginning of it. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh man. It was it was a trip, you know. I've seen a, we lost a few planes over there, you know. They were mm -hmm. one plane was flying back to the carrier and just nobody knew what happened, it just blew up because he was loaded with his bombs coming back and the plane just blew up. Oh wow. Yeah, and it was yeah. like I watched planes crash on a flight deck, you know, it's kinda cool actually. It's not for the pilots, but you know, <laughs> It's cool to watch and stuff. Sure. Watch him take off. Uh-huh. That's but it's <clears throat> I used to call it a floating town with an airport and you can't go nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's got an airport. It's like forty five to forty eight hundred people, all guys. And mm -hmm. so it, but speaking of the boat actually, how how did you become a cook in the Navy? Did you because of previous experience working with your with uh you know it was, it was kind of weird. We were in boot camp and we were graduating. And at the end of boot camp, they, um, they come in with you and say, Hey, you came in on open contract. So we can offer you this. They offered me to be an electrician's mate or a cook. The only reason I didn't take electrician's mate, cause I don't like my father. I didn't like my father and he was an electrician. <laughs> so I took cooking. I kind of knew what to do with cooking. So, you know, I, and all through the school, all through schooling, we had this chit card, they called it. And every time you did something good, you know, they check your points and stuff like that. You know, you turn them in and you get this whole, I came, the guy that was graduating first, the only reason he didn't do it is because he got busted pissing in the bush after coming out of the club, they caught him. So I came, I came, I was given second, but I really came in first because he lost it. So I was like first, the second. First place by disqualification? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I was like the first in the class. I, he was the first, I was gonna be the second, and but I got it kind of well, like- you, you were the one that, that did it. Yeah, secretly, so, they I mean, gave me something under the table. Regardless of, of how good he was, he wasn't, he wasn't good enough. I, yeah, he got caught. So that's what happens. I've right. peed on many that's bases right. and I've never gotten caught. <laughs> Perfect. Powdered eggs. Oh, those things are nasty. Mm. Yeah. They are nasty. <laughs> yeah, well, it was what would happen is we had real eggs. Mm -hmm. But, like, all us cooks ate them. And we gave the powdered eggs to the crew. That's how it worked. If you're the cook, you get the food for Yeah, first. man, there's got to be some the first stuff. Beginning. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we had a steak one night. What they get? They got like a ham steak, you know. <laughs> That's the way it worked. And um, being a cook, you kind of ran the boat too. People would come to you for favors. Mm -hmm. You got to say, "You wash my hand, I'll wash your hand." You know. What kind of favors? Oh, they'd say, you know, can I get like um, a number ten can of mixed nuts you know because that was like the big prize on the boat because yeah. you want a snack in your bunk and stuff 40, 45 bucks a can you know it's <laughs> and oh i i said yeah i get you one i'd order one you know and they come and guy would bring me a, like a flight jacket that's how i got my green flight jacket 
Nice. And I gave him the can and I got flight boots from it. I got, geez, I got like five, six things. Yeah, we we pretty much ruled the ruled the ship. If we people didn't people didn't mess with the cooks. That's because yeah. we had we had to feed them. They didn't, they weren't gonna mess yeah, with you, the cooks. That's 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 rule one is you don't yeah. don't mess with the people that make your food. Yeah, right? you, oh hell no, you don't <laughs> piss off people when they're cooking your food. No. How many how many years were you in the navy? I was in for eight years, but I was mm -hmm. active four. So okay. I did four years active. And it was I was still under contract, but it was considered inactive. They could have called me if something happened, mm -hmm. but those four years went by then I got my you're honorably discharged. I was like, okay, nice. thank you. Nice. I'm done. I did my time. Got to see the world and cook for a bunch of crazy dudes. Uh let's see. Where'd it's I funny. Go? I used to actually. I used to. My the first bar I worked in was in Bremerton. Um, I don't know if it's right down by the the naval base down there. Yeah. Oh um, man, that, so, have you been over there? Um. Yeah. Yeah. My sister I, lives out there. So uh, I, get out I was there. gonna say that whole thing is totally changed on me. You know, mm -hmm. coming in on the ferry and I was like, "Wow, this is weird," because it wasn't like that. Yeah, when they, I first they really went made over it. There. Yeah. They really got. They really glammed up Bremerton, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks nice now i mean it does yeah oh yeah it's it's great um but uh yeah i remember those i remember those boats full of you know a couple thousand guys coming into town yeah after, <laughs> and that would be that would be our club rotation for the next month or so was, yeah know, all those guys bouncing around from bar to bar to bar and they come in after being out for a couple months you know and they get a, mm -hmm. get a couple weeks off and it's like balloon hit the beach and but it's not happening now. Nobody's going to the beach. We can wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. We can go to a restaurant and sit outside. Is that in Seattle too? That's just that is. Counting. I think. I thought I heard that 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 they can. There's there's outdoor seating. For people have to be twenty five. It's gonna only be up to like twenty five people. Twenty five or fifty. Yeah, you, like but you got to be six feet apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so actually in, in a few days, I'm actually going to have Maria back on and she's been bartending this whole time. The pandemic has been going on. She's one of, she's the only bartender I know who's still um, working. And wow. so uh, she's been making like to go cocktails. And I, I honestly, yeah. I haven't talked to her much other than a few texts since she was on last. And so she's going to come on and share a bunch of stories about kind of what it's been like. She's working down in Pike place right now. So I can imagine. Did they, did they do anything at the market? Did they tra did they trash it pretty bad? Oh man, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't hear much about the market. I I haven't even gone downtown. No, either I kind of want to go down and drive through it just to. See. I know you can mm -hmm. now, but yeah, yeah you it's, pay uh, the Amber Alert. You get the Amber Alert in, in seven. It's five fifty three right now. In seven minutes, the city goes into yeah crazy, until so. five o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. Or five a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, I've never been, you know, even in wartime, I don't think I was kept inside, you know, being out on the boat and stuff. Where, where all did you get to go in the Navy? Like, uh, what, what countries did you visit? Okay, we'd pull out of here. Mm -hmm. Well, I would or have you to... Stationed up north I was or stationed at Whidbey. I was okay. stationed at Whidbey. They would have to fly us down to North Island in California, and we caught the ship there. A ship was stationed in North Island, mm -hmm. and I was in a squadron of A sixes. Um, 
the bomber that you, they used to use. And um, mm-hmm. they would fly us down there. And we'd go from California, heading toward California, or heading toward uh, Hawaii. The first time I went out and we were supposed to stop at Hawaii, the captain came aboard and they stopped the boat right outside Hawaii, anchored. And they said, somebody screwed up. We're not pulling in. And I don't think they had oh, 4,000 guys on the ship and we were looking at Hawaii and we can't get off the boat. He wouldn't let anybody off the boat. Oh, man. He stayed there for three days. He stayed there for three days like that. And uh, finally, we pulled out. From there, we went to the Philippines. It was the Philippines, Hawaii, Philippines, Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong, Australia, um, Diego Garcia is an uh, island out in the middle of the Indian Ocean. There's a Navy base on it. We actually oh, yeah. went in that there. We actually parked outside, brought all the food off the ship, went in and had a giant barbecue on, on the, oh, nice. that on sounds the awesome. island. It was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, so we did that and uh, we left there. And I think we left there. I think we went to, after we, yeah, after we did that, we went to Singapore and then we left Singapore and we ended up going into the Persian Gulf because we got called in there. Cause that's when the Stark got hit. When that mm-hmm. first cruiser got hit the USS Stark. Yeah. We had to go in for that. We ended up going in and flying escort for the oil tankers to go in and out of the Persian Gulf. Cause they were getting bombed, you know, there and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, so we sent 100, 109 days out to sea at, at one time. And you're only, and at 90 days, you're allowed two beers. Ugh. So that day we would take uh, the grills. We had grills. And so we'd go up on the flight deck and just have a huge barbecue. Everybody would mm-hmm. get their two beers. You just know, save your two beers for that It was Sam time. McGill, you know, it was the stuff made yeah. in the Philippines, Sam McGill. I mean, uh-huh. this wasn't strong at all but people would get, people would pay you like 10 bucks for your can of beer you know because they're, so like, i sold one for five i mean i wasn't gonna drink it yeah. i wasn't really a big beer drinker i like i like hard liquor more at that mm-hmm. time i was more a tequila drinker than anything we'd wake up in the morning and have to go to work you know so bunch yeah. of cooks in the galley you know and we're cooking bacon. that's some young man drinking we're for sure. cooking bacon and it's like <laughs> you're dying with the bacon smell and stuff man. That's uh-huh. people yeah you know it's bad when bacon smells bad because that's like one of the oh worst god that's, it was the worst smell ever when you had to cook bacon when you had a hangover man they they, <laughs> they knew it so they would make you cook uh, bacon and you know they go handle the raw meat <laughs> well i was i went to work one morning i went to the galley one morning and i walked in it was um actually it was new year's eve and about two o'clock in the afternoon, I looked at my boss and I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to go home and get really drunk and not come back till next year. You know? <laughs> and I did. I fell asleep. I did. I went home. I got trashed. I walked back to the galley. He looked at me. He's like, go back to your barracks, sleep. And I didn't wake up till the next morning to go back to work. Yeah. I, one kid went um, AWOL and he came back and he had... um short hair and he had a, a lightning bolt, you know, carved mm-hmm. in his head oh, and he wouldn't take it out. Oh my God. They put him on restriction and, you know, For just they, a lightning bolt? 
just just because of that lightning bolt, you know, in his hair, you know, it wasn't military. Well, he looked different, right? Oh, come on, yeah, different. it's Flash, you know. Flash is a good guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Flash, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, other than, uh, I, once you got out of the Navy, was there more cooking in, then? When I first got out, I worked for baby diaper service. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a pretty decent job. I made some really good money off that. But at the end of that job, I kind of wasn't, my body wasn't feeling right. Mm-hmm. I um, got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And before that, I was working, I worked at Red Robin for a while. A dirty bird, as we used to call oh, it. Oh, dude, man. We had a manager. Hey, come here. Walk in the back office and like lines, of, lines on the desk and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. That sounds like smoked right. weed all night down in the cooler, you know. It was back then. The service industry drags back in the day. Right? Yeah, let's go down and do the whippets, you know. Mm-hmm. Suck the whipped cream bed, you know. And they go down. The bartender go down for more whipped cream. They'd be, you know, there's no there's no gas in it, and they're putting it on drinks. You know? Oh yeah, I've had that happen a few times. <laughs> you grab the whipped cream container and it just comes out as goo. You're like, yeah, ah, fuckers. Now we uh. <laughs> almost actually almost like every night after work the, the manager would bring us into the bar and he would give us all a shot of jaeger and a, and a pitcher of beer mm-hmm. he was cool he was a cool guy we liked him pretty much yeah. yeah i did that then i went to noah and i worked for noah i went to antarctica what's noah is that a huh no what's noah, noah uh national o- oceanographer and atmospheric administration they okay. map the bottom of the ocean. They do the weather. That big blue, you know, you see the blue thing and it says Noah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. do the weather. They do all the mapping and cool. everything. I cooked on their boat. Oh, cool. Was, what, about a year. Yeah, about a year. And um, went to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Not many people get to go to Antarctica. That's uh, that's pretty special. Oh, I, I spent six months. Not six months. Yeah. I met six monks. No. Spent <laughs> six months down there. Yeah. And um, while we were down there, we went down to... Uh, Puteranas, Chile, uh, Belprizo, Chile, and Santiago, Chile. Cool. We stopped Fair. there. Yeah. Totally fucking backwards. Early 90s, and they were stuck like in the 6970 era, still down there, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah. They would, because I, I used to wear those big parachute pants, you know. Uh-huh. I just wore them because they were comfortable. Oh, yeah. I still, and I, and I had them down there, and this one girl come up to me, she go, oh, hey, MC Hema. You know, it was, they were calling me MC Hammer all night and stuff down there because of the pants. Because you were that, that was fun. We drank a lot down there. It was just, we didn't really pay for much, you know. And mm-hmm. you pull into these countries, some countries, and they're just like, yeah. Australia. Oh, I forgot Australia. Spent two days there. I don't think I paid for Well, oh, they drink there, right? Oh, That's I didn't pay for a drink there. And I walked into this one bar. We, were walk, we walked down the alley, and there was a bar I walked in there. And that dude from... Uh, the bald guy from Australia from that band. Uh, what's, his name? what's his name? The guy looked just like him. I mean, I was like, no way. Is this really him? I mean, he was a spitting image of this guy. And we were like, and he started talking to us. Next thing I know, we were like falling off the bar stools and didn't pay for a single freaking drink. Over there. Those guys just, it's like water to them over there. It's like, yeah. I don't even know what the strength is of their alcohol there you know i don't even know if it's that much stronger i just know that they put it down every every oh, yeah. i've ever met in a bar has, has been um has, has been a professional <laughs> and, <you laughs> know, comes to the drinking the strongest stuff i've had overseas was in korea it was called oscar 
mm-hmm. like a champagne, like a champagne kind of wine thing, and it was opium based. Oh, yeah, all that stuff knocked you. Out. You know, they told us not to drink it. But mm-hmm. I mean, who's gonna stop us? Don't you tell know, me not to do something. Know, this there's four thousand guys, and y'all are gonna pop positive. I mean, even the officers were drinking it. You know. Yeah. What's and, that? Um, so the first thing you that have to yeah, they tell you not food. to do it. What are you going to yeah. do? You're going to go do it. You know. Yeah, I never tell. Never, never have a direct you command. You tell a bunch of sailors <laughs> not to drink this. And come on, mm-hmm. buddies. No. And also, if you say don't drink it, it has opium in it. Everybody yeah. goes, oh. <laughs> and in Hong yeah. Kong, their alcohol level over there. And I was sitting in a bar, and every time I took a sip of a low and brow, I could just feel myself spinning more and more. <laughs> Every sip I took, I was like, Bleh. oh, and Mojo. Mojo is a, a drink in the Philippines. And it's like Hawaiian punch with like 37 different alcohols. <laughs> it's got like four, four or five different rums and a tequila and vodka in it. Oh, but man. you do not taste the alcohol at all. Yeah. You taste the fruit punch. And you're just sitting here, you're drinking a whole pitcher of this shit. And you're oh, I got to take a piss. And guess what? You fall right back down when you stand up. <laughs> I got sick so bad. I just sat at the table, put my head on the table, and just I had a, the biggest puddle of throw up on the floor. And it was, uh, but it tasted good at least, right? Oh yeah, like did, like did it taste good coming back the other way? It burned. <laughs> so you get to, you get the more. booze at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I, really was, I was. Dying. I thought I was dying. <laughs> that night I thought I was dying. I used to I used to work with a guy who had a drink. Um, it was it was it may come up later in, in, in this podcast story, but it's called the Modak and it stood for um sorry, I have an angry cat in the background. <laughs> it stood for um Mike's one drink ass kicker. And it was it was uh there it was this mix that you would make in the bar and it had eleven different liquors and then a couple different fruit juices and then you'd mix it and top it with soda. Um, and it, 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 it was delicious, <laughs> delicious, but, but you have two of them and you're on your face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I imagine, uh, he, he was also a Navy guy, so he, he probably, there's probably a chance he picked, he picked it up somewhere out in the South It was seas. probably, I, I bet you it was probably some like maybe in Hawaii or some other tropical, you know, because I... <laughs> Hawaii was fun. First time I had a hurricane. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the place? Hard Rock Cafe was in um, Hawaii, and mm-hmm. I got to I got to meet up with um, Nikki Six and Mick Mars. I got a picture with them and stuff. It was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah, I've. I've my met buddy Adam is the biggest Molly Crew fan. He would be super jealous. We'll tell him about it when he comes on the show too. He's gonna he's gonna be bummed. <laughs> no, I've I've met a few people out there running around especially in hawaii you see a lot of you'll see yeah. stars over in hawaii and every time gone. we you know if you turned a, a, a film in to get processed over there and when you get it back you're looking through your pictures and you're checking out your pictures and next thing you know there's two pictures of tom Selleck waving at you they, they put tom him Selleck. in the, they would put him in the pack uh for free okay. yeah just just, just fun people would say, hell, wow, you got pictures of Tom Selleck. Cool. You saw him there. And you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, no, they would ask. Yeah, they do it for free. They'd put those two pictures in the pack. It was, it was kind of cool. It was funny. We were going to rent a Lamborghini over there, but none of us really wanted to afford the, 
the insurance and nobody wanted to pay. So I guess we didn't do it. It would have been fun to go on the back roads. In That's all right. You know, I, I went out the first time I went to Hawaii, we rented a, a Camaro. It was like a convertible. Yeah. Um, one of the new ones, you know, one of the, like the, the, it looks like the transformer car or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it went really fast, but the speed limit everywhere was like 30. So it was really? like, there was nowhere you could really rip. I guess there were a couple spots. I, I, you know, you went from zero to 60 to zero really quick from like stoplight to stoplight. But, um, <laughs> so why does dog always crazy. go about 80 down these roads, man? That's no good. I mean, I imagine they probably have like some, <laughs> if, if you drive off and you know you can get into the areas that but at the same time you're it's still there's a, still a speed limit where it's, it's oh yeah i know you're not going 200 so but um since there's not a specific cocktail today we're actually linking in the cocktail that we talked about yesterday um the the gimlet because the gimlet is a gin cocktail made with lime juice that is Traditionally, the origin of it was um, it was made with naval strength gin, um, and it came from officers drinking um, gin with the roses lime juice that they used to keep on the naval boats uh, back in like the 1700s. Um, yeah, it dates all the way back there. And, and so I started researching naval strength, and I was like, well, shit, we're having Joe on tomorrow. He's a Navy guy. I think naval strength is actually a fun topic to kind of talk about. and and explain a little bit of what it is to um, <laughs> explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, to the people out there. Um, so, naval strength is um, it is now a copyrighted phrase, and and it's it's very it's something very specific. It's it is a spirit that is uh, at one hundred and fourteen proof, fifty seven percent alcohol. Oh wow! Is um, I've seen things where it says 109 to 114 or at least 114, but naval strength now um, is like copyrighted at 114. And the reason for such a high proof, because um, the, the standard proof on like uh, whiskeys and vodkas that we drink in, in our country and most, most places in the world is 80 proof. Yeah. 40%. Proof, yeah. So you get up into the 114. So I think 109 is actually the flame point where you can ignite it. Um, and so the, the word proof actually came from naval strength um, because the, the, they would keep on the old ships, they would keep the liquor down under the ship yeah, with, keep it down the, the with the, you know, the, the cannonballs and the gunpowder yeah. and all this. And if it spilled on the gunpowder, it got naval strength. If you, if you could pour it on gunpowder and you lit it on fire and it still lit on fire, then it was naval strength. Okay. If it just smoked, it wasn't naval strength. And so it, it kind of was born out of necessity where they needed to still light their gunpowder. Yeah. So they would carry this stuff. But then it also became proof that someone wasn't trying to rip you off. Because, you know, uh, in the days, you know, people would always cut their spirits when they were selling them to people. Oh yeah, they'd water and so them down. If you went, if you were an old pirate or a sailor or whoever, yeah. and you were out, you know, on the seas, and you bought a bottle of rum or a bottle of gin or the two things that, um, that they yeah. list as naval proof or naval strength is, it, you would pour it on gunpowder and then light it. And if the gunpowder lit on fire still, then you would buy it. But if it didn't, if it smoked, then you would know that that guy was trying to cheat you. Um, and so then, you know, it would ensue in gunfights. And it was funny because there's a really similar story that I think I've talked about on the show before, where I did a little research about the, um, the worm and tequila. And it's actually the worm in Mezcal. 
Um, yeah. Where some people would say that putting the worm in would, if it disintegrated, then they, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. It turns out the worm just came from, uh, it was good marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it just it fell in the bottle one day, you know, it just fell in the bottle and they yeah, said, hey, it looks good. Just, huh? it, well, it's, it's, um, it's actually the larva of a moth that grows on the agave plant. And so it's something that was already close by because you're making the spirit out of the agave. Yeah, isn't it supposed to make it's supposed to make you hallucinate if you? Drink yeah, that's it? another one of those like yeah. old wives' tales too that people would just pass around. They they don't. I've had I've had one, and they don't make you any drunker. They they don't make you hallucinate. It's just a little. It's a preserved larva. Yeah, it's a it's a pickle it's a pickled maggot is what. It, no. Yeah, it tastes a little boozy, but it, it doesn't absorb any extra alcohol or anything. No, you know, it's no. just a bug and liquor. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like if a fly landed in your drink and you just drank it. That's the same thing, you know. You just drank a bug and liquor. It's clean. You know, it's it's sanitary. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's. It's just a pickled larva. That's yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, like honestly, if you're gonna eat it, I, you know, don't. A lot of people just swallow it, but yeah, you, know, you, gotta, you gotta chew on it a little bit. You gotta experience it if you're gonna take the plunge. I've had the, I've had fried. What is it? I've had the crickets. Yeah, they do that at uh, Safeco Field. They have the fried. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do now. Yes, yes. They sprinkle uh, that tahini on them, that chili lime salt. Yeah, the stuff yeah. is good. <laughs> the crickets yeah. aren't well. Honestly, the the best part about the crickets, I think, is the seasoning because they're basically just crunchy. Yeah, that's all it is. I haven't. Yeah. I really haven't eaten that many bugs, you know, mm -hmm. that I know of. Maybe in my sleep, I've, you know, I've eaten a few or, you know. Well, how many spiders does the average person eat in their sleep? I think that's something, right? Eight or something like that <laughs> in your lifetime or <laughs> a year, 80 year. But that's involuntary. That's not, that's not like consciously deciding to eat a bug. That's a little different. Oh, I actually found the quote here where it says, as story goes, most crews stored their gin below deck near gunpowder. Since spills were common, highly alcoholic spirits were paramount. If your gin were 109 to 14 proof at least, and some of it got into your gunpowder, the explosive would still light. This also happened to be a good way to determine if a gin supplier was diluting the product and pulling one over on the ship's officers. Um, I, I never knew that. And an, another fun thing is that um, I think the first time I heard the word naval strength, it was it was in regards to rum, um, and then I heard it in regards to gin. I think it's very much, you know, it's it's something that's been brought back to culture. It's part of our history more than it is. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just kind of becoming aware of it. Um, but, or it's, it's also kind of, I guess it's trendy a little bit. You know, people find a term. And so then a, a bunch of distilleries are making naval strength <laughs> stuff now because it's just, because it's something. It's the term. Yeah. So it's the well, it's just fun to know about too. Yeah. Right? It, it, it's, do it, do it, they it, put the story on the can or anything? Exactly. And it's a higher proof spirit. And so for uh, people that, people that tend to, you know, want something with a little more of a kick, it's right up your alley. You know what I, I think, mean? I if, think if, this you, part, if you, if you're the guy that normally that has a little higher tolerance, you normally drink a double, yeah. you probably sit and drink a single of a naval strength and, and enjoy yourself. Um, you know, just because it's got more of a burn to it by, you know, almost half, half the proof as of the, of the other stuff. Um, but the, the fun thing about, or interesting anyways, to me, I don't know if it's fun for anyone else, but the, um, so the two things I was talking about was rum and gin. And so rum was basic rum was earlier. You're talking about how you had your, your beer rations. Yeah. Um, it used, so it used to be a rum ration. You know, we were talking about like the pirates and Jack Sparrow and all yeah. stuff back when the ships were made out of wood and, you know, the, the, the sailors had daily rum rations 
Um, and then the officers ha uh, would uh, drink something nicer a lot of times or fancier or whatever. You yeah. Know, just preference. But I think gin was considered a little elevated, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and so they would have naval strength rum and naval strength gin on the ship. The rum was for the sailors and the gin was yeah. for the officers. Um, and so now, now we have both of those kind of coming back into culture and it's kind of fun because there's some history to it. Um, I have yeah. lost so much since I haven't drank since 92. Yeah. Since 1992, I haven't drank. Man, that, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's good though. I mean, crazy. Yeah, the more I drink, the more I realize that I probably shouldn't be drinking so much. So that's, that's like, after I after I was diagnosed with my MS, I yeah. went I went out one day to um, Azteca for Cinco de Mayo, the one in Northgate. I did a shot of tequila, you know, just to see what would happen. Now mm -hmm. my face, I mean, I, I felt like it was on fire. I never drank after that. Yeah, well, I mean, so. you think about it. I mean, it's it's a it's it's an intense thing you're putting into your body, and it's so much so that your body. Every every um, area in your body essentially prioritizes the alcohol. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like processing it, your metabolism takes over and starts tries to get it through your body. Yeah, you know, everything's kind of trying to get it through you as much as it can. Um, yeah, the closest, so to, yeah, the closest, the closest I drink now is Odul's. I think it's got like a point zero five in it or something. You got to yeah. drink a whole six pack of Odul's to make one bottle of beer <laughs> or something like that. The strength of one bottle of beer, yeah. The near beer. Yeah. Oh God, I had that. That's some nasty stuff too. I remember <laughs> that back in the eighties, man. I remember my friend's mom used to drink it. She'd always, she'd always tell us to go grab her a near beer. A near beer, yeah. <laughs> and they had the black and white beer. You know, it was, it was like yes. It was a white can that just said black. Yeah, it was hundreds. just like black and white. And I, and those old cans too. pork and chicken on them. Yeah, it was like a six pack was like a dollar ninety nine or something like that. You know, all the old people that. We're on welfare back in my hometown. They used to drink the crap out of that. So I tried it once and I almost died. It was gross, man. I really, I really has never been a beer person. I've always like, I always went out to drink when I was, when I was old enough, and I'd, I'd have a couple mixed drinks and do something else and. And then I'd go back in and maybe have one more. I'd had maybe two drinks or three at the most at a at a bar. And at, well, we had clubs back then. We had live bands every Friday and Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. we had one, two. We had three bars and like a triangle that always had live bands, and we'd stay out. Back when I was of age, drinking back there at eighteen, the bars were open till four thirty in the morning, and I'd have to be to work like it. 11:30 in the morning, you know, and I go home and sleep for two hours. Wake up, smoke a bowl, and go to the pizza shop and go do start doing deliveries and stuff like that. Man, mm -hmm. that was that was trippy. The 80s was a good time though. Party like a rock star with no money. That's how I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much every bartender that that gets into the industry. That's 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 uh, I'd say everyone, but that's that's some of the allure at the very beginning for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That was a uh, yeah. However, that that was that was a phrase we said a lot actually. I used to say, I used to say I've said on previous shows that that uh you know the only way to go into a restaurant and and 
and eat like a rich person is to is to know the staff without yeah. actually having money, right? So yeah. you, there, there's there's other there's ways in this world to experience things without having to follow the standard set of rules. You just have to know the right people and yeah, that's all it is—the right people. Yeah, and I know <laughs> a lot of right people, and I I have fun knowing a lot of people, but yeah, you know, it's it's part of. It, it, part of life i think there's there's definitely the those there's personalities like 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 us i think the way you know the the more people we have in our lives at least for me the the, the i don't know i feel good about it like meeting new people and and getting to have conversations and and, and talk and hear experiences from other sides of the world oh, like, yeah it's like that's why i'm a bartender now i started to be started because i wanted to party like a rock star <laughs> but now I, I really fell in love with the culture of it <laughs> what'd you do at uh, uncle's restaurant for the most part i i started uh, like everybody's dishwasher mm-hmm. yeah but i started that, as a yeah everybody does a dishwasher to yeah. start pretty yeah, much yeah. yeah you gotta earn your stripes well, he just let me start just start working on everything mm-hmm. and i just started cooking everything there and i kind of never stopped you know i just cook every, i'll just cook fell in love with it there give huh? me something i'll try to cook it you know you what kind of what kind of food did you guys make there regular breakfast lunch dinner kind mm-hmm. of stuff you know it's, it was a family like deli you know, diner diner kind of thing yeah it was a diner kind of thing yeah, yeah. that's awesome i tried to be a waiter and i was like uh-uh. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'll, I'll stick with washing dishes and all that stuff. No, yeah, the general public can, can I wasn't, be a bear. I wasn't. I'm, I wasn't made to talk to the public when it's <laughs> ordering food. I didn't like the the waiter. It was. I didn't like that. But um, I left him. That's right. That, that's why. That's why uh, guys like you hang out with guys like me because we help each other out. <laughs> and from that, working his things on weekends, sometimes he would. Um, I would spend the weekend i'd take a weekend off the that's all we did in the winter time was just play hockey you know mm-hmm. i'd be up at 4 30 in the morning up at the outside hockey rink playing hockey at 4 30 in the morning i'd make my mother get up and drive me to the rink at 4 30 in the morning all my friends we'd meet up about five o'clock and we'd jump the fence and we'd be in on the ice rink and the outside ice rink all day we'd be up there till like 11 o'clock at night just yeah. playing hockey all day long it was hockey and Go home to somebody's house and get in a keg and so Joe, in all your in all your years, um, I'd say working in kitchens. What's one of the? Uh, I'm almost scared to ask. What's one of the grossest things that that you uh, experienced? You know, I don't. No, I don't think I really had anything bad. Nothing that ever turned your stomach. No. Other than cooking bacon while hungover. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the worst. No, because I know on the ship, if somebody dies on the ship, they put them down in one of the coolers down deeper than not the coolers like in the vegetarian, you know, place where they keep the vegetables, but they put them mm, down in a cooler. So I never had to go down there and get anything. So and I we've had a couple people the way we had to put down there, but you know, yeah, out on the ship. But no, I no, there's been really nothing disgusting. Man, what a, that's blessed. No, the <laughs> weirdest thing that I think I ran into is when my boss that owned the pizza shop back in New York took me down to his brother's restaurant in Manhattan. And it was a two-level restaurant. The top was the restaurant with mm-hmm. a kitchen. And built underground was all the delivery, bakery, vegetable this is all underground down in the streets of new york underground mm-hmm. they had all that underneath in that restaurant 
Yes. And then they took me into the kitchen and was letting me look around and stuff. And then my boss brought me out and sat me next to this guy. And this guy started talking to me. Next thing I know, they told him, it was a guy. He was a mafia guy that was talking to me. Yeah, it, it was a nice guy. You know, of course, you're not going to be all. Mm -hmm. and I was probably, what, maybe 20 yeah. at that time, you know. And that's that's kind of cool. But yeah, the restaurant, he had a hell of a restaurant. I think it was huge. He took up a whole, like, city block of. Oh yeah, probably had a lot of money going through there. Yeah, there was. There. there was more than money going through there coming in. Yeah, the sure. Trucks, you know, <laughs> and they're feeding the mafia all day long. You know, and yeah, it's, it's a little bit more going on there. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, the some stories. The pizza shop I worked at was right next to the police station, and they always thought we were bringing cocaine in through the flower. Were you the bag? No, we never had cocaine. <laughs> we did. I wouldn't. I'd probably still be working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they thought we were bringing bags in, in through the flower. The big, you know, because we get like twenty pound bags of flour. You know, twenty five pound bags, big bags, flour. Mm -hmm. they, were, they thought we were smuggling cocaine in through that. Just because you're like, no, look at my pay stuff. This is how much I get paid. I'm not dealing. I know. I'm getting what five ninety five. Not even that. I'm getting like four bucks an hour plus tips. You know, and I got to pay for my own gas. No, I don't have cocaine in my flour, dude. I'm sorry. No, no sir. <laughs> if I did, the people would be ordering more. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be some expensive pizza. Yeah, it would be. It'd be worth it though if it worked. <laughs> Guys in the Navy would call, would call me Snowman. That was supposed to be like my nickname because I had a set of on my flight jacket. They made me a flight a uh, pair of pilot wings mm -hmm. with the nickname under it, Snowman. Mm -hmm. And I always told people that I I when they thought of, back in New York they thought I was a the girls and stuff when I was back there thought I was a pilot actually. And I told them like I crashed into a mountain and I landed in the snow and stuff. Like that. And that's how I got nicknamed Snowman. So, and that's how it stuck. That's a that's a gullible ear that believes that story. And then when I was in the Philippines, I was called no, I'm not right. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually worked at a Seven Eleven too. That was a pretty interesting place. What was that like? like? It's crazy. You get to mm -hmm. know bazillion people, mm -hmm. and you know everybody's order. Mm -hmm. You know, you see somebody walking in, and you oh cigarettes right there you know you get to know people and everything yeah. and i've had uh i got robbed a couple times you know somebody brought come in stand there'd be some people at the counter and the guy would come up stand next to the door with like a case of beer and next thing you know he's flying out the door you know i got mm -hmm. a few of those and uh she set the uh corny set the alarm off one time <laughs> i believe it the back door oh yeah she did uh that was quite funny um <laughs> <laughs> but no, 7-Eleven was kind of an experience. I never worked retail like that before. That was like my first retail job. It's all yeah. it was always restaurants. And, That's uh, intense retail yeah, too. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. There's, I mean, 30, 40 people every half hour. You know, every ten minutes you got somebody coming in. Mm. The bell doesn't stop dinging. Yeah. 30, 30 people yelling at you. I want a lot of. I need them. And you're all. <laughs> I gotta do one person, please. <laughs> and back then, those lotto machines were quite slow. These ones they have now are quite fast. So I wouldn't even know how to work the machines at 7 Eleven right now. I look at some of the machines they have there and it's like, nah, it's just too many buttons for me. Uh -huh. You can go get your own lotto ticket off a machine anymore, right? Yeah, no, yeah, you go right to the, yeah. right to the thing now, yeah. Huh. Well, 
Let me get on to the, uh, the, my self-care question. I like this one because it's, uh, it's something I think everybody has something to gain from. Um, it's just, it's just a, a matter of, uh, in, in today's world of, of, you know, craziness and just life in general, you know, what, what's your, how do you, how do you take care of yourself and manage the stress? What keep, what, what balances you out with all the other craziness? <laughs> um, I like, I, I'll, I'll sleep a lot. I like to sleep. That's one of my things. And I'm always feeling sick or something. So I have to go lay down, you know, and, and uh, I'll, um, Right now, I'm. I go out I, like every night. I'll have a. I'll just sit outside by myself and have a bonfire. You know, so yeah. I'll be. I'll sit there, or I'll go in my shed and I've been making some pipes. You know, some wooden pipes and stuff like that. So you know, I'm just. Oh, I'm trying, I've been trying to do some different. That's some, my, some woodwork. That's that's one of my things I want to try to do. Is you getting a, Are you getting a, a whole little? You have a little wood shop put together. Yeah, I'm just trying. I got a little. You know, I got a couple little sanders. You know, and I got yeah. some tools. I'm just out there sanding wood. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, Craig, I mean, woodwork is is it's so it's so uh, it's so zen. Uh, even just like sitting and whittling on a piece of wood with a. That, that's pretty much all I did on this first. I'm I'm trying to. I got the shape and everything done. I just don't know how to drill a complete hole completely through it and be mm -hmm. completely straight yeah you know so i'm i made a piece pipe just by sanding nice. it and carving the piece of wood and sanding it that's all i've done to it so far and mm -hmm. i got the shape i want and everything and i i kind of well, get a real thin drill bit right well it's what i'm trying to think is buying one of those old little cheap metal pipes you can get for like 5.99 at the store mm -hmm. take out that middle part underneath the, the cover thing and cutting my piece pipe in half mm -hmm. and drilling it enough to where I could maybe just pour it out basically and put that pipe far in one way to and then another hole this way and I could connect it that way mm -hmm. and maybe put holes in straighter through that you know to come out for a carb up the front and mm -hmm. then smoke out the back then I could take it apart if I have to you know do something with it that's what I've been thinking of doing but mm -hmm. I've come up with a little wood one that's like in the shape of a coffin that I'm sanding down and everything and drill a little hole on top of it, put a little little screen in there and drill a hole through and fire it up. Oh, okay. Creative and and, and I got nothing to do. I like when people just let their hands like do stuff and then you just start creating I don't know what I'm you yeah, get, like, not, I don't know what I'm doing out there. You know, I'm it doesn't just, matter. You know, you're you're I'm just thinking you're something and my out. hands are probably doing the total opposite. I don't know. I haven't hurt myself <laughs> yet, so I'm not <laughs> doing okay there I haven't sanded my fingers off or anything so that takes us to the next question <laughs> segue right <laughs> um i like to i like to do um, uh, a little area where i where i where i send a i like to set up a little mentor tent right and and i call it the improve the industry and, and talk, think about like is there is there, there any tips you could give out to like the people coming in to you know the the navy or even uh, you know on, on the service side. Well, I, I look at it as if I made it through the navy. I think just about anybody could you know if if you give it a try. I mean, I didn't think I was going to make it through boot camp, but once I graduated, I was thinking, hey, I've got. Well, what was the I'm good to go? You know, just, what was the key to success there? Just keep waking up every morning. <laughs> I don't know because I am not an exercise guy. You know, the navy wasn't. Boot camp wasn't much of exercise for the Navy, not mm -hmm. like the Army and the Marines. Sure. Our, we actually had more schooling. 
okay. telling us all about, you know, all the Navy history, you know, we had to watch films. We watched the films of, was it, was it the forest all that caught on fire and burned? The one that, one of the big fires on one of the older aircraft carriers, you know, what did you learn about that? We had to go, I had just for me, myself being through that school, that's all they really do is they do your exercise. You know, they'll come in and tell you to do some push-ups, but there's many ways of cheating. You get away with a lot of stuff, not doing this. You know, if your commander's up in the front of the, up in the front of the room and you're like five bunks down, you can slide back into your bunk and actually go on your knees when they tell you to do push-ups, you know, and you're just doing push-ups all day while you're on and they come up and they start walking down, you pop up there, you know, and you're like start doing real push-ups, you know. <laughs> there was ways to get through that stuff. Mm -hmm. After that, went to school, California. That was fun, actually. School was. You had three three weeks in the classroom at school and then you have three weeks in the galley at school mm -hmm. and sure. you do the three weeks of school first and you go to the galley and the first thing they tell you that the galley is forget what you learned at school you know you're not gonna you're not gonna use it you're gonna do it you know big time you know yeah. this is all this, on the job learning <laughs> pretty much yeah pretty much it was you know it wasn't hard anyway you know anybody can fry burgers and to me, no, I think you know, anybody that can, anybody can't. There's a lot of people I, that are really mad during. Yes, I, yeah, I know. You should be able to try a burger, <laughs> but you know, come on now. I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories of people eating macaroni and cheese every single day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, no offense to macaroni and cheese lovers. I love me. Some no, I like mac and cheese too, but but I oh, I love delivering to the hockey players because it was always guaranteed, always guaranteed a couple beers and a really good tip after yeah. that. Um, Everybody just give you money and they who t I've never hung out with know? hockey players, but I hung out with a few baseball players and they were very similar in, in generosity and, yeah. and kindness. Like they were they were the visiting team. We were in Seattle and they were, uh, the Braves were in town. Um, growing up I had been a big Braves fan. And yeah. you know, the the, the 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 Braves of the mid nineties that were in the World Series every year yeah. never quite could I think they won it once. Yeah. But um you know, early 2000s, they were they were in town playing some interleague game with the Mariners the next day. And we had just been at a Mariners game where they finished up a series with a different team. Um, and so I was sitting at the bar with my buddy, and he looks over, and, and I looked at the guy next to me, and, and he, he had a World Series ring on his hand. <laughs> and my buddy was like, holy shit, that's the Braves. And so we started talking to him. And, and, They're regular uh, people. Yeah, well, I kind of oh. fanboyed out a little bit because there was, you know, there was there were a couple guys there um, that they, that we knew from the pitching staff, and and, yeah. and uh, uh, they, they ended up like we're just like, oh, you know, it's so cool to meet you guys. We're, you know, I was like, I I, I was a big fan of your team all through high school, you know, growing up. Yeah. And I, was like, I love them with the Mariners, but you guys are my National League team, you know, that's your whole thing. And uh, and so they ended up buying our tab for the entire night. Like they took cool. care of me and three of my friends, and we just hung out with them for a couple hours. And, yeah, yeah it's, they're it's regular fun, people. It's, it's super fun when 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 you get that kind of experience, and then like they they just appreciate fandom, and you know. Yeah, you have to drive. Yeah, it's it's like you're running to the right player. guys. <laughs> like that. Yeah, you know, they're people. You know, mm -hmm. I was at the Silver Tip game, and I was out in the smoking area. And I'm talking to this old gentleman out there, and we're just talking, not talking hockey. We're just talking about different things about Seattle, the weather and stuff. It was the <laughs> owner of the new hockey team. 
one of the owners of the new hockey team coming. I'm sitting here talking, hearing a conversation out of this guy about recycling and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, the rain, you know. And he he was so cool, and he was probably thinking, you know, I, I kind of, I know he doesn't know who I am, but he was probably thinking, I kind of like that guy because he didn't say anything about hockey, you know, to me. You know, I didn't say nothing to him. I didn't know who the guy was. If I knew who he was, I probably would have talked hockey. You know, I would probably talk hockey to the guy, but I didn't know who he was. And we were talking about recycling and stuff. And I'm thinking in his head, he's probably thinking, well, you know, this is kind of cool, you know, talking to a person normally. Yeah. Something like that, you know. But I didn't know it was him because Evan looked him up on Facebook. He saw me talking to this guy and he looked at him and he's like, do you know who that was? And I'm like, oh, that's the owner of the new hockey team. I was like, he goes, what were you talking about? I said, recycling. <laughs> You know that he goes, you're talking to this guy about recycling. I'm just like, yeah. Well, I'm glad he's aware of it. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking normally, like he was just another person at the hockey game, you know. And yeah. he was just a nice old guy, an old older gentleman. Yeah, he's one of the owner in that group that was yeah, nothing yeah. came up the hockey at all about that that night. About mm -hmm. it was it was we, the weather and recycling and all the other different things going on around here. Nothing about hockey at all. <laughs> it was kind of funny after he told me that. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I carried a conversation with somebody big. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, got to, I got to meet Nolan Ryan. Oh, that's cool. Is there anything, you know, from the Cook's perspective that you would send out to the general public um, that might be, that might make the Cook's life easier um, as far as just praising patience, you know, uh, I gotta I mean, have patience, them. patience we want everyone to have. Oh, yeah, you got to have patience gonna have it, to be a Cook. But, you gotta have patience to be a cook because yeah. uh, somebody's gonna mess up and it's always blamed on the cook, you know. That's how it goes. That's yeah, how it goes. Is, I'm gonna it's always blamed. You know, I, I will say this. Early in my career, I would I would take that easy cop out because it was it was an easy way out of a conversation. But I find I found at least later uh, as I furthered on in my career that the more honest I was and, and if I if, if if I own the mistake, then I can fix that mistake. Um, and so a lot of times I, I would rather just take the blame, even if it was the cook's fault. I'd be like, you know what, guys, that was 100% my fault. I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. I'm going to buy you round of drinks. And then it was all fixed immediately. So. You know, I even, you know, I actually got one of our semi-family members <laughs> food poisoning when I worked Red Rob. I didn't know the meat oh, no. was bad. The nacho meat. Uh -huh. She came in and bought nachos one day and she, I was told like three days later that she ended up getting food poisoning. I was working that side. There's a, a hot side and there's a cold side. I, I don't know if that's how they still do it in Red Robin. I Probably. That's pretty standard. And um, even though the fryers were considered the cold side, I looked at the, I looked at the cooks that went, why are the fryers like on the cold side? <laughs> why aren't the fryers, you know, with the, you know, the hot side have they just put it over here with you guys. You guys got to do the fry food. And that's, where, that's where they had space in the kitchen. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it was. That's how it was at Red Robin. Yeah, we did the fry food. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and then the burgers was just all the hot. You know, if we, they, we did a salad, you know, chef salad, they would cook up a chicken breast or, you know, or a salad for us, the meat and stuff. And we'd put the meat on it. But other than that, we did, we did all the salads. We did the soups. For the cold side, we did the soups, <laughs> we did the salads, we did like the garlic bread, um, 
one of the one of the cooks were in the back. We used to make the mud pies back then by hand. Mm. They would make them by hand back then. They would push with their fists with the up, and they had a, a, like a, it was like a half bowl, and they would just push ice cream down into it and smooth it out and put all the stuff on it, and they would make it by hand. The mud pies, and it was really weird. We had a person in the back doing that, a person in the back doing you know vegetables if we needed like some more dice. Stuff like that. I got to work the cold side. And I never wanted to work the hot side. That was just too much for me. To, they had 15,000 15, burgers and too many burgers and too many pieces to put on it. <laughs> after Red Robin was Noah. And then Noah was, after that, it was kind of like retirement. How do I want to phrase it? Uh, they sent out, I, they sent out my burger and I said, no guacamole or, you know, or something like that. And they sent the burger out. And send it back to me. And I'm looking at it, you know, I'm thinking, I think two different things. I'm thinking the waitress put it in wrong or the cook didn't read it, you know, read it full enough or somebody read the ticket to the cook, you know, or something like Because Red Robin used to do that. Um, if the machine, if it came out of the machine, if they said like bonsai burger, somebody would yell bonsai burger, you know, and then they'd cook the patty slap it over on the other side and everybody just put it together they would just cook burgers and just put burgers out and that's how that but for something like that i know what the cook's probably thinking because i've of course i've had it sent back many times it kind of pisses me off it kind of did at the beginning when i worked at some restaurants because i know i made it the right way you know what the menu said you know i know i've made it that way the menu was and then this person sending it back saying no and i i'd even give them the ticket you know the ticket that came back from the waitress and i said you know show this to the person this is what you wrote to me so you know and but you know i would take the blame if i screwed up if it was me i i would take the blame i'm not gonna blame the waiter or the waitress if it's not their fault you know it's cook screw up i mean if you got if you got like one cook, if you got like one cook and that's it, and you're busy, you know, if you got a few extra customers in the place, there's going to be a mistake. You know, there's going to be a little bit of time because I mean, you can have six cooks at Denny's and they're still late, but you know, I'm just saying, you got to do the timing too of your food. That's that's a big thing for the cooks. It's the timing. Is I mean, you can't skip this one because cook faster, but this one came in first. Mm-hmm. You got to at least start this one, you know, and then go to the burger while you're cooking the steak, you know, or if you can do it that way, but you don't, and you always send out kids food first. I, I believe I always think if you're going to do it mm-hmm. like at some of these restaurants, if you're going to do different sections with your bringing out the meal, mm-hmm. I believe they should always bring the kids meal first, never bring an adult or meal first. Uh-huh. That's the way I feel about it. If you got kids, the kids should have their meal first. Yeah. I, I really do because mm-hmm. why do you think these kids in restaurants sit there and scream and yeah. ain't got nothing to do? Give them their mac and cheese. You know, run in the back and get their mac and cheese they ordered. Put it on a plate. Bring it out to them. Then you feed the adults. That's the way I feel about it. That's the way I would do it in my restaurant. Mm-hmm. But if I had a restaurant, I would be the guy that had it'd have to be like 18 year old. No kids. <laughs> <laughs> no kid restaurant. I'm sorry. Just have a bar with seating with tables. Pretty much. My my last restaurant that doesn't exist anymore. At least is 
until until who knows it's all up in the air um but yeah we, we had like one third of the restaurant was family seating and the other two thirds yeah. was the bar which was nice because we, we we could still have kids and there was like one section where one server kind of had to work they would rotate so one server had to take that section every other yeah. every three shifts or whatever um but that was that was nice because then the rest of the time you could just work in a bar with adults and yeah I wouldn't mind having a, a a kind of a restaurant that yeah you can put the kids in families you know have a family room everybody mm -hmm. just stays in the door stay closed you know the kids can mm -hmm. run around you know have a restaurant come get your food do whatever that'd be I, I wouldn't be too bad I always wanted to open a pizza shop after the navy but I never did that was my that was my big dream to open a pizza shop after I got out of the navy never yeah. happened too much too, too many pizza shops nowadays. Yeah can't throw a dead cat without hitting a pizza shop anymore yeah it's it's just too many pizza places there's too many i don't know why throwing dead cats around it's a weird <laughs> phrase <laughs> that's a hill i think that's a hillbilly phrase right that's that's from that's from uh my family <laughs> you can't throw a dead cat around here without hitting a good guitar player yes. <laughs> all right uh so let's call this uh last call um last call for the show and for drinks and all that cheers joe thanks for coming on and sharing hey, no problem anytime give me a call uh, tell kelly whatever <laughs> hell yeah thanks man cheers salute or slauncher ah. uh joe is there anything um at this point i like to give people the chance to shout out to anything that they want to shout out to as far as like um businesses or causes or or sports teams <laughs> <laughs> well let's get the hockey back that's all i need is hockey right now that'd be nice but i know back. they are going to try to do the playoffs they're going to try to set up a playoff thing for the hockey um, just so they can at least have a, a cup this year yeah and i i do have a feeling that the silver tips will be back but it's going to be a it's going to be a slow season. I don't know how mm -hmm. well it's going to go, but nah, I, hey, I did say a shout out to everybody just to be cool and everything that whoever listens to this and everybody wants to listen to this, everybody be cool and have fun. Don't beat each other up and stop breaking windows. No reason <laughs> for it. <laughs> you behind that. Be, be, be good to each other. That's the, that's the, uh, Bill and Ted, uh, basically right is be excellent to each other and party on dudes yeah party on dudes <laughs> no actually i heard they're in talk no they're number making number three. three they're in production of it oh it is already being filmed mm -hmm. yeah what's it going to yeah. be called bill and ted three <laughs> <laughs> and i and i want it's a sad thing to say because I re I'm really not a big Tom Cruise fan, but I, I want Top Gun 2 to come out too. I want to see it. Is he going to be in it? Yeah, he's. Oh, yeah, he's an instructor, right? He's the oh, instructor, okay. and what and who he's doing is he's teaching Goose's son. Oh, that's cute. All the inside shots of the aircraft carriers on the Top Gun mm -hmm. in the movie was filmed on my ship, the USS Ranger, because the, really? the U.S. The USS Nimitz was a nuclear nuclear ship. You could not see the inside of it at the time. That's awesome. Yeah, the Nimitz used to used to dock up in Bremerton. When I arrived to my squadron up here in '86, up at Whidbey Island, they were actually in Hawaii filming that. <laughs> That's cool. And so they 
the inside of my ship was in that movie yeah even though it said the nimitz or whatever the other carrier was when they mm -hmm. showed the inside scenes with him smoking the cigar and that was all done on my ship yes nice. that's ranger that's why our our slogan was top gun bar none that was uh, our ship slogan that's fun yeah top gun bar none yeah fun you know how many movies you know how many times a night we see that movie after really? six months to see watching that movie at least four times a night <laughs> you hate the movie <laughs> because yeah, bet, everybody right? would be sitting there because we you have all the guys we have all the guys we have all the guys sitting there in the barracks you know in the birthing and they're all that pointing out all the wrong things you know of what's going on in the movie they're sitting there because at one scene they didn't pull like 10 of the pins out that you're supposed to pull out for them they didn't even pull the pins out you know that this <laughs> There was so many, and that's all they would do is say, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. That's all they do. Every night we'd watch it, and it's same thing, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. It's like, okay, guys, we understand the movie's not perfect, you know, it's, you can't have everything perfect, yeah. Well, but you guys knew it word for word, screen for screen, pretty much, yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy, man. <laughs> but yeah, it was all the inside was our ship and the outside was the Nimitz because you can't see the inside at that time at mm -hmm. that film you can't see the inside of a nuclear ship. No, that's cool. That's fun. For guys with PTSD that are suffering from that, there is um the American Legion in Mount Lake Terrace, uh post two three four. Um they have a big um support system for ptsds people they actually give them medals and certificates they do a lot for them that's one of the good things about that post is they do a lot for ptsd they have a lot of i think it's every tuesday or wednesday i'm not for sure you could call the post um you could get the answer machine they'll tell you that if it's tuesday or wednesday i don't remember if they have like five service officers there all day to help people with PTSD file claims. Anybody that needs help, you can go there. And if they can't help you, they will send you somewhere out there with other veteran services. And Get stuff. you connected. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really good. They're doing the good work out there. Right on, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's hey, no problem. That, 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 and there's a lot of that out there. And nobody's nobody's paying attention to it. it's a sad thing i think we should be paying attention to more of these fucking excuse me more of these veterans <laughs> you can swear all you want we say yeah, I, know. All the time on this I know but um no, and, and 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 i and i they're not paying attention to these veterans i mean mm -hmm. what are we losing like a hundred a day or something something like that just a suicide because yeah. they can't handle it anymore yeah you know we need to be taking care of our soldiers after they leave after they leave service you know let them let them smoke a little bit of weed. Don't tell them they can't smoke weed. You're going to take their benefits away from them. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I know it'll help them with their head. And there's a lot more to marijuana than people think. And yeah, it, it, it gives you, it, gives, it helps your perspective and it gives you the ability to process things. And it does help some people, you know, mm -hmm. helps a lot of people for the veterans. They, they need to start stepping up and taking care of these people. Never, or we're not going to have a military anymore because nobody's going to want to join. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to volunteer if you can't get taken care of after going to fight for your country. Come on. Mm -hmm. I can be 18 and go die for my country and I can't smoke a cigarette or drink a beer, you know, like that, you know, that's, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't be sorry. 
that's 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 the real shit and that's that's the kind of stuff it's i like sad to hear. Thing, but. well no i mean it's 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 just people you know find trying to find a way to live this life and, yeah, and, and have, dealing, dealing with what you know with what they've been through and, and having the resources to have those and, conversations and, that allow them to heal you know and 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 that's that's really important and, that, and the common people don't understand either because these common people never been to war Mm-hmm. you know anything like that you know yeah it's, it's yeah. tough to veterans it's, it is tough it's a tough one it's yeah. people people like us and people hate us you know mm-hmm. there's two different there's two different sides to it so you know it's their thing if you don't like veterans that's you you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do anything that's your that's your opinion mm-hmm. i'm not gonna fight you over it i'd be fighting half the people around the world you know yeah well it's, it all comes down to, to just what we do ourselves individually at the end of the day right and it's, it's pretty much what it is we're putting our energy and and, and the the efforts that we put out you know if, if you want to if you want to see joy in the world then you're gonna you're gonna do your best to put joy in the world you, you know? gotta try somebody's gotta try to do something because what's going on right now <laughs> and i i see all these signs from the churches saying jesus is back I, hell if i was jesus i wouldn't want to come back here right <laughs> now <laughs> I took yeah. a different time to come back. <laughs> I think I think this is a solution that we that we need to come come to together, you know, as as a species. You know, not just not just as Americans or as as any kind of individuals, but as 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 a whole. As people, you know? it's just people. Yeah. People just got to get together. I mean, there's no reason for anything. This half the crap that's going on right now. There's no reason for it. Even well, his the, even the guy's the, family, his wife and his family and his brothers are telling these people, stop, you know? Mm-hmm. What's this proven? It's not yeah. proven anything. You're not supporting black lives going in and smashing the building. I mean, come uh, on. I think at this point, it's a, it's just a matter of... of it's just um, getting out know, if, if you want to change, like, we, we have a slow system because it takes four years to see a change in leadership. But yeah. if you want to see a change, then vote. And if you want to see a bigger change, you know, join the party that you support, do some work, go, you yep. know, get connected with your community, get to know the people around you and get a bigger global view rather than, you know, staring at your computer screen and getting mad at other people's opinions. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, if you, if you want to make change, you know, find a way to do it that's productive rather than, you know, destructive. Because yeah. we, the only way, the only way we're going to, have a future is if we build a future, not if we tear it down. That's, you know, that's we, right. We to be constructive and, and and like we said, like I said, and in, in, in the episode last week, I guess <laughs> recorded yesterday, but it was um, as as individuals, we we invest in you know with, with our own energy, you know, we we invest in 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 what what's going to happen if if you. You put anger into the world if you sit on your computer all day and you're you're yelling at people and you know outraged. You're gonna find yeah. yourself angry all day long. You know if, if you try to put joy into the world, you you spend your time looking for, you know, happiness and 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 the helpers and and some sort of kindness and love. You're gonna find it. You know yeah. you you are gonna find whatever you want to look for, um, and whatever you put your focus on. And and so regardless of what's happening you know just be aware of yourself in your own mind it's it's all about personal awareness and and, and being a better individual yeah you know that's the only way we move forward is if we all get better personally right 
Yeah, just, there's no reason for what's going on right now. There's probably I, I a reason. Yeah, there is a reason, but they're not doing it for the reason, you know? Yeah, th- I mean, there, there's there's, just, there, there's, there's, pain, there's pain in the world. There, there's there's a breakdown in in government and structures, and, oh, and God, there's yes. you know there there's so many things that we all know are wrong. And, just, and to, to, you know, whatever narrative you read, you know that we're having problems, you know, the justice system it's, just sucks. Matter, it's just a matter of how you react to it at this point. You know, do you, yeah. do you try to blame people for the problems or do you try to find a solution or do you take personal responsibility? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's easy to just sit and blame and be mad and get worked That's, up. Well, it's easy it's to blame everybody. There's no, it's, there's no peace in that though. There's no. no, there's no rest. You can't, you can't find a place to settle when you're spending your time trying to, you know, trying to make other people pay the price. Yeah. You caused the problem, but you try to make everybody else pay for it. You know, it's, well, let's, right. let's cruise here. Cause I got to go cook some salmon here in a minute. All right. Hey, salmon mix together. Um, some diced, uh, minced garlic, some butter, Frank's, uh, sweet, sweet chili mm-hmm. sauce. Put some pineapple on your pan, put your filet on top of that. Put that sauce on top, bake it, and I'll bet you your mouth will drool. That sounds really good. I need <laughs> mm. some pineapple and some pranks. <laughs> that sounds delightful. And it, it, like, I love me some salmon. So just anyway, just, yeah, heck yeah. Nice. I'll have to make that later. Thank you. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of our to-go dinners real fast. I can dig it. It's a fast dinner. Yeah, and it sounds really good. And you just eat it with some wild rice or some regular jasmine rice or something. Mm-hmm. Mix good. that, mix that sauce with the rice mm-hmm. too. Mix it all together. Well, that wraps up one more life from the well. Thanks y'all for listening. Thank you, Joe, so much for sharing your stories with us. Um, as always, thanks to to Kelly and Brian and Peter and Courtney. <laughs> thanks to every all, all the crew for helping these things happen and making this uh making this an actuality yeah let me say thank you to my wife for letting me come here and do this tonight shout out to mama mingo (laughs) until next time cheers y'all uh love each other because it's really hard right now but you need to put some extra effort into that because yeah peace out stay safe people stay safe um extra special shout out to the the sponsors with scratch distillery up in edmonds um making fresh spirits from scratch daily and they're making hand sanitizer for y'all right now too. So if you're finding the stores short on hand sanitizer, or if you just want a good quality hand sanitizer made from scratch, head on up to Edmonds and, and go get a bottle from them. Yes. That's I like Washington the Distillers Guild. So there's a, there's a, there's a group of distilleries that have gotten together and, and started making sanitizer during COVID. Yeah. I um, saw that on the news. To try to, to try to, combat and be helpers and, and do yeah. something productive in this crazy Because it's got to be, what, 70% alcohol or something like that mm-hmm. before? Yeah. Oh, uh, naval strength. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Naval strength, 114. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we, we know. And also, to Barfly, they make some of the highest quality equipment I've used in the bar, and I love those guys. Um, so thanks to them for, uh, for helping us be uh, performing at top notch. Um, at this point, uh, I want to just say that to be good to each other out there, to share the love, um, you know, be understanding, 
there's there's more going on than a lot of us oh, comprehend. And it, so yeah. the best thing we can do right now is to just take a step back, move everybody past just, our own emotions. Everybody just chill, man. Everybody just yeah. chill. And, and relax. Just, there's no reason for this. Just try to be the uh, just try to be the calm one in the group if you can. Yeah. Um, people need that right now, and and it's it's extra hard, but it's it's extra appreciated too. Yeah, I, I'd like to do one more shout out before we go. I want to do shout out to all the people that are in the bars and in the restaurants. Thanks. I've gotten some food from you guys. Thank you for being out there doing it from one cook to another. <laughs> Got to stick together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out to all the industry peeps that have been working through this nonsense yes. that, are there, that are deemed essential workers and have to show up to work every day and cook for and, people and, who don't. And I know they're don't. saying the heroes are nurses and doctors. No, they're everybody. Everybody who's working, truck drivers, everybody, keeping us going. Yeah. You guys are all it. Everybody that, I mean, what, 70% of the country is unemployed yeah. right now? Yeah. Is, that, is that true? I don't feel like it's that high. Thanks one last time to Joe Mango for coming on the show and sharing your stories, man. No it's problem. Anytime, anytime. Pleasure. Um, and we, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, the crowd's growing. We see the numbers, and it's exciting for all of us. Um, you love the show, like, subscribe, hit the bell to get alerts when we release new things. Find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram. Life from the Well is how you get there. YouTube, Life from the Well. Like, subscribe, comment. We'll react with you. We'll interact with you. All right, cheers, y'all. Love each other. Be good. And we'll see you next week. Party on, people. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. Life from the Well would also like to thank our sponsors, Scratch Distillery and Barfly Mixology Gear. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.